0: Here's Minor League Tracker, a podcast. I'm your host, Keenan Carter. Doing another little mini podcast this week. Uh bringing a special guest on tonight, my buddy Robert. Uh what's happening, my man?
1: Good, I'm doing really well. Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I've been meaning to have you on for a while. Um, for those of you who don't know Robert, you can find him on Twitter at Confusion underscore Rain. Is that correct? Yeah,
1: that's yeah. correct,
0: yeah. Confusion underscore R-E-I-G-H-N. Um, Robert probably watches as much minor league baseball as any anybody on the planet. and uh, <laughs> I,
1: I can, watch a lot, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: I consider him a resource, and we've become friends um, over time now. Uh, you can tell my voice is still struggling a little bit. It was pretty good all day today, and then I went to happy hour with my wife, and it just started to deteriorate a little bit. Um, I don't know. Yeah, but, um, you know, I'll, I'll battle through it got the doctor's appointment on Monday, you know, based on I'm I'm hoping it's just like some some lesions or nodules on my vocal cords or something that can be resolved. Oh it's been uh it's been a few months now. It's um but if it's anything other than that it's not good. So I'm hoping that's <laughs> all it is. Based on my based on my expert opinion um which consists of Googling symptoms.
1: Right. Um Right.
0: Yeah, but it, but in you know in um keeping in the spirit of Uh, academia, Mm -hmm. and uh, continuing education. It's been a big week for you. You've had a milestone, so congratulations to you. um, Thank you. Completing um, some, you know, some course study,
1: right? Thank you. Yep.
0: And um, let's talk some baseball, man. So with, uh, you know, Bobby Wilson going down last night with an injury, some dominoes stuff started falling throughout the system some emotions and demotions and whatnot. And so the first guy I want to talk about is a guy you and I both like, and that's Chase Namada. And, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> he's a guy that, you know, a lot of people don't know about, probably didn't even catch when the Tigers signed him this offseason. Uh, yeah. Because he's not really a prospect, right? I mean, he's 26 no. years old. He, uh, he was, he's from Hawaii, and uh, yep. he was drafted right out of high school, came up through the Philly system, um,
1: and, he, and, he, and, he, and he can't really hit very
0: much. Um, he had one really good year with Clearwater in 2016. But other than mm-hmm. that, he, he's like a light-hitting switch hitter type. But when I saw him down at spring training, I was blown away by his <coughs> excuse me defensive aptitude. I mean, he, yeah. he, and, and, and I've seen you say it. There's not much of a drop-off between him and Jake Rogers when no, the which is, is in. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: and that's a really kind of – I mean, Jake Rogers, it. It's Tiger fans know he's good. It's really hard to overstate how good he is, though, especially in the minor league. Jake Rodgers is considered the best defensive catcher uh, in all of minor league baseball, and that's not something they would just throw um, on um, You know, that's a big deal, and Chase, I think, is, you know, I think he's just as good. It, it blew me. And you're right. I had no idea who he even was. You, you tipped me on to him in spring training, and then I saw him the other day, and he's someone who just jumps right up. If you pay attention to catching, it jumps right out watching him. He's just very, very good. Yep.
0: Yeah, so I, I'm rooting for that kid. Um, I, you know, it it's tough. 26 years old, doesn't have much of a hit tool, doesn't bring a, right. a, even a even a raw power tool. Um, right. But, but but he is a dynamite defensive player and if if you're somebody who has an appreciation for that, you will really enjoy watching him play. So I, I hope he gets some action up there in Toledo.
1: Um, Yeah, well, he's a good person to have in the minor league system, obviously, to have the pitchers, you know, the Tigers have a lot of pitching prospects um, of varying degrees of uh, uh, caliber, I guess, varying calibers. But, um, you know, he's a good person to have them working with anyway, since he's so good. But do you even – the kind of more into this I get, the less I care about catcher hitting to the point where as long as they're, you know – I mean, I wonder how low a catcher would have to be for me to actually start to care. And I think the bar is just, you know, through the basement at this point, especially for a rebuilding team. I could not really care less <laughs> how they hit. <laughs> so what do you think about it?
0: No, no, it's an interesting, and that's why I'm rooting for him to get to the major leagues because there's so many guys with his kind of that same, that same, uh, that same tool set who play right. in the major leagues for a really long time. I mean. Bobby Wilson doesn't hit. Hector Sanchez doesn't hit. Uh, obviously, they have more raw power, but right. you know, right. those are guys that you those are guys that you put on your twenty five man roster not, It has nothing to do with their bat whatsoever. You don't care if they give you anything with the bat. They're backup catchers. You want them out there once a week just to spell your main guy, or you bring yeah. them in. You bring in in the ninth inning as a defensive replacement if if you've got a stud catcher who's a defensive, a bit of a defensive liability. So that's a guy, I mean, he can make a living. He can make a living as a backup catcher.
1: Right, um, right. And he's just, just a does to the New York and catching, you know, there was kind of a, a – on Tiger's Twitter, are both very active, during spring training the Tigers brought in Cameron Ruff <laughs> and Bobby Wilson and they're full opposite. Ruff is not a great receiver or defensive catcher, but he can hit a little bit and – Uh, Wilson doesn't really hit, although he does have some raw power. He can hit a home run occasionally, and he's a great receiver and framer, and some people are saying, oh, well, you know, McCann was such a bad hitter, let's have rough, but even the the hitting catcher is not that good, right? He's not, he's certainly still below average for any other position, so what's really the, the difference? I mean, I feel like the defense is just Way more important. It's not like having a great defensive first baseman where every other first baseman is really adding a lot to your offense. Outside of a couple guys, no catchers really do hit anyway. So yeah. the the drop off is not that. It's not as pronounced.
0: No, and, right. And and,
1: and, uh, and
0: Cameron Rupp's not exactly lighting things on fire up there in Toledo. I think he's hitting like. 171 or something, and 41 yeah. at bat, something like that. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, I'm hopeful Chase gets gets an opportunity to showcase his abilities a little bit. Yeah, um, Yep. Yeah. So let's move on to a little uh, a more sexier name. We'll stay in Toledo. Yeah. Um, yep. Did I say more sexier? Gonna, yeah. Gonna, yeah, yeah. So, like I said, I went to Happy Hour, and uh, <laughs> I've had a couple tall IPAs, but right. uh, I, I want to talk about Kyle Funkhouser a little bit, and this is yeah. a guy that, that that you and I have discussed in depth privately, yep. right? Yep. And uh, I, I'm not a huge Funkhouser fan. I don't want to knock the guy. Uh, right. I think it's a, right. I think it's a terrific arm, but but yeah. what I've seen for a year plus now is right. consistent 40 command out of him. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I think he he's he's he nibbles, and, and it, it, let, let me tell you this little thing. I was joking around with Garage and, and Chris Brown and a couple other guys, and I and I said every Tigers pitching prospect should wear number forty-five because they're all forty-five command guys for the most part, <laughs> with a right. you know couple exceptions.
1: You know who does have that number? It's Buck Farmer. <laughs> <laughs> <Absolutely>. <laughs> which fits as well, right? It's perfect. It's perfect,
0: and, and I and I said that they sh- we should have like on-field ceremonies for them when they graduate to fifty command.
1: Right.
0: Um, <laughs> but, but, but Funkhauser, if you look at his last year plus, he's had 24 starts, I believe, and he's lasted yeah. six innings and only nine of them. So let's, right. let's, you know, let's forget about the last two outings where he's failed yeah. to make it out of the first inning. Um, right. The, there's a track record with him, and it's, and it's throwing a ton of pitches. And that's like, that's, that, that translates to a bullpen profile. And, uh, and, and and still with 40 command, uh, I'm not sure that that's even going to play as a bullpen
1: profile. What do right. you think? It's still going to be rough. And so first, just super quick, I want to touch on the last two starts. I know some people, some prospect writers are just sort of throwing out that they think he's hurt. Uh, I don't know if they have a source. I've watched all of his starts this year. I do not think he's hurt. I just think it was, you know, he has 40 command, like you said. He nibbles. That's a big issue too. And he basically looked the same. His velocity was the same. The the crisp. His uh, just command was just slightly worse. There were a couple errors in each start. Um, he had some bad luck. He didn't get some calls. So I absolutely don't think he's hurt. I think it was just par for the course. And that's just what the kind of the worst you know him with bad luck looks like. But yeah. So in terms of a relief picture, I have a test. I call it the Buck Farmer test. It's when better than Buck Farmer. It, if they are, <laughs> then they can stand a Major League pitcher. because Bus Farmer is a guy, you know, 45 command, 40 command. Um, he'll kind of go up and down between 40 and 50, I guess. He took about mid-90s, and he's got about, what, a 55, 60 fastball, fastball plus, and he's got a plus changeup. So mm-hmm. if you don't have – so if you can't at least have a command, two plus pitches, uh, or around plus pitches, then you probably aren't really – going to be anything, since Buck isn't you know, necessarily a setup guy, but I think he's certainly a major league player. And I don't think Funk gets there, because I don't even know what Funk – when he started throwing a slider, now it looks like he just throws the curveball and the changeup, and I – that's actually looked better lately to me, even though he's had a couple rough starts, but I don't think it's enough. I don't think they're good enough. I don't think his fastball is good enough either. I just – it's hard for me to see what kind of role he would have, right? Mm-hmm.
0: I I agree hundred percent. And uh <clears throat> I guess that kinda leaves me we can talk about Spencer Turnbull a little bit because you know, he's yeah. a guy he's a guy that just sorta took, took the casual fan by storm in spring training. Right. But you but you and I have been talking about Turnbull for a long time. And anybody who watched Turnbull last year. Right. He he has a little bit of that nibble in him. He was a forty five yeah. command guy also.
1: But well, oh, when yeah, when he
0: when he when he has an outing where he's at a fifty, he's he's got the best raw stuff in the system outside of Myers and Manning, and yeah,
1: yeah, uh, yeah. No, I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you. Yeah, his raw stuff is 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 much ahead. It jumps out, and I wanted to say how you know you had noted me and you had talked about him, and he kind of took people by surprise. One thing I've noticed as I've gotten into minor league baseball is that um, you know, me and you also don't. A lot of the national prospect sites uh, are not very S, um, but when they are, they're factored about top prospects, right? Because they right. see them a lot. They've seen them coming up uh, through the prep ranks in high school or college. It's guys like Turnbull where sometimes the profile isn't going to be correct as much because the, even the very best guys, like the hand guys, don't see him a ton since he's not a priority. And then mm-hmm. everyone else is just aggregating. You know what they've said. So if you watch Trimble enough, you're going to know more necessarily with the pro. You're going to know better than the profile. But yeah, yeah he's his raw stuff just jumps off. When we watched him, his raw stuff just—he was so far ahead, and he was a little bit older than Burroughs, right? He's twenty. Yes. He'll be twenty-seven this year. Burroughs, I think, is 23, 24, something like that. And
0: he's, I think he's still twenty-two, actually.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. so he's much older, but his rough stuff is just so ahead of all those guys, right, of Burroughs and Funk and um, yes. you know, uh, the two guys who came over from L.A., Fernandez and Rodriguez. So, I mean, I wasn't surprised at all when he he broke out. We've been screaming at the top of our lungs that he's a starter because he just has all these pitches, right? Even if the commands – even if he goes out with 45 commands, the stuff is so good he can still be successful enough to be some sort of starting pitcher, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know
0: if he'll stick long term as a starter, but yeah, he, he's he's good enough where he's going to get a full season and maybe part of another season to to you know until he proves that he can't be a starter.
1: Um, right, right.
0: So, all right. So let, let's talk about. I want to talk specifically about Will Maddox, who yep. was released who was released by the organization yesterday. Um, yeah, and, and you no, know, too bad. you you and I as, as fans of minor league baseball. It it's it's tough to see when this happens 'cause this is this guy's livelihood. It's his
1: job. yes Right? Yeah. Um and and he was a good baseball player for a long time. Um yes. you need can, guys can, like Will Maddox who can maybe they don't have a big league profile, but they're good minor league baseball players and he'll mm-hmm. hit in the you need to still turn the lineup over at double A or yeah, or high A, and he can hit. And he's pitching well, and I think those guys are just good to have around, right?
0: Yeah, and uh, but it, it, when I posted this on my Facebook page, I posted he was a 307 lifetime hitter, and there was a lot of people that were like 307 lifetime hitter. Like, why doesn't this guy? Why doesn't this guy get a chance? And I and, right. and, and, and right. I and I backed off it because I wanted to explain it via podcast about right. why why Will Maddox was released. But I'll, I'll right. let you. I'll let you give your take on you know. Yes, three hundred seven. Oh, okay. Why has Will Maddox been released from this organization?
1: Right. Well, so for for someone scouting the stat line, which is there's a saying in you know prospect circles or people who follow prospects minor league baseball, don't scout the stat line because in minor league baseball the stat line is very very misleading. Right. Um, so if someone hits 300, that's not transferable necessarily to the pros. Now, there are different stats that can be decent indicators, but the tools have to be there. Uh, there's so much, you know, there's so much poor pitching for play, not MLB caliber pitching in the minor leagues, that a guy can feast off of other people who are going to be real estate agents in a year, right? <laughs> that doesn't mean they can hit Burlander. That doesn't mean they can even hit the worst major league pitchers. So, mm-hmm. Just to look at the stem and say, oh, you hit three or seven, that really does not mean anything. I mean, it, it just doesn't. So you need bad speed. You need to be able to recognize spin. You need to create power. You need to have raw power. There's just so much that goes into it. He also kind of doesn't really have a good defensive position. I know they played him at second and first. Uh, so I love guys like him. You know, you and me both advocate for minor league players in general uh, to get treated better, to get better wages and benefits. Uh, I think he's a good guy to have around in the system. But if people are wondering why he had a good average and didn't get a shot, it's because he doesn't have a realistic uh, pro profile. So for all you fans out there who are looking and saying, oh, Dwal Lugo, he is hitting really well this year. Maybe he's good now. Victor Reyes, two home runs, back-to-back days. He's going to be the right fielder. We can get rid of Nick Tatianos. Really, I can't stress this enough. That's not how it works. The stats are not told me a lot. You you can't scout the stat line. You need to get eyes on these guys. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, Matt, I mean, look, we're talking about five seasons in the minors.
1: Hit eight home runs.
0: Eight home runs in five seasons. Uh, He's like a 079, something like that. Career ISO guy. So there's no right. power in that profile. Uh, mediocre defender, right? I mean, yes. you know, he can play. He can play second base on the, at, at the double A level, but he's not. He's not a. There's no. There's no carrying tool. I talked about that with Cam right. Gibson. Like there's no. Right. There's really. There's really no. He does a little bit of everything. And in Maddox's case, with the exception of having power, we are talking about right. a light hitting, slap hitter. Um, you know, who's had a nice minor league career. He's a good professional baseball player, and I wish him well in his endeavors. Um, the next guy I want to yeah. talk about, the guy you said you haven't laid eyes on yet, and that's Will Vest, who was promoted yeah. to Erie today. And I did a little research on Will, um, and it, it's interesting. Uh, he was our 12th-round pick 2017 out of Stephen F. Austin, and mm-hmm. he, was a, he was a position player his first two years of college. Oh, really? And then he was, yeah, he pitched one year at Stephen F. Austin, his junior year, and then the Tigers drafts him in the 12th round. He's got one year of collegiate pitching experience and one year of professional pitching experience under his belt.
1: Oh, wow. Um, well, yeah. sometimes those guys are more interesting, right, because, you know, he's probably 23 or 24, but he's yeah. not where a normal 23 or 24 year would be if he doesn't have that experience, right? Correct. So. Correct. And, and
0: with a relief pitcher, you're okay with those guys developing
1: later. Um, Correct. And,
0: and so, you know, I, I tweeted out a video of that Kyler Peterson had taken, uh, Kyler Peterson from Prospect Live, Will Vest, mm-hmm. you know, sits 94 to 96 with the fastball. He yeah. got uh, he throws a changeup at 87 and a curveball at 84, um, mm-hmm. and they all have movement. They all have life. The, the fastball, especially in the video I saw, when he throws that up in the zone, it's got a yeah. really nice arm side run. When he throws it down in the zone, it tends to flatten out. Um, and you can see a Will Vest, Will Vest statistics that uh, they're not, they won't blow you away. He's been, he's been knocked around a little bit. His strikeout numbers are good. He doesn't walk a lot, but um, there, there's something there with him. I think.
1: Yeah. And, uh, what would uh, be his second pitch? So a relief pitcher normally needs about, you know, 45, 50 command and two plus pitches. Again, that's the there's the Buck Farmer test coming in. Yep. What, what would be his second his second what, pitch?
0: Well, he's got. He's got three. I mean, I think the curve and the change are both good offerings for him. Um, okay. The curveball—I I don't want to say it's a 12-6. It's um, you know more of a
1: 11-5. More, yep, more of an
0: more of an 11-5. But he, he
1: throws—I
0: guess I would call it a high three quarters. But he's almost over the top. So it's a, it's okay. a it, it's a lot of downward motion on the curve. It, it's got good action, and the and the changeup has good fade to it, and he throws it with conviction. So I yeah. just think um, Erie's going to be a big challenge for a guy with that little pitching experience, and he's, he's yeah. undersized. He's like six foot one eighty. He's not a big kid, but uh, man, I like what I see out of him so far. Yeah. And, and, and I think with some good coaching, you know, it, yeah, you know, it's a fringe. It's a fringe relief prospect. I'm not going to try right. and say like Will Vest is going to be the stopper in two years, right. but it, it, you know, it's a guy to keep an eye
1: on for sure. Right, and I think that's something where when you first get into minor league baseball, it's this idea where uh, you think anyone is a prospect, but that means all-star. That does not mean all-star. Prospect just means someone who's going to have some kind of pro career, really. So people will see that Dad Cameron is one of the Tigers' best prospects, and he is. And then they'll see his comp is Keon Broxton, a guy who's had about, you know, two to three war who would have a two to three war season if he'd been able to stay healthy. He's worth mm-hmm. about one and a half F4 in 80 games or so, because he's usually hurt. And they're like, "Yeah, hey, on Boston, I've never heard of him. He's not an all-star. Daz, this, this profile must be completely wrong. Uh, and it's not, because just because Daz is a good prospect, that doesn't mean he's going to be Tory's Tur out of the shoot, right? You know, it means he's going to have some sort of pro career that they're stealing the floor for it, but that. You know, most guys at a future value 50 uh, on the 80 to 20 scale are guys like Keon Broxton, who are going to be worth about two WAR a year, right? That's a solid, everyday player. And that's good. That's a good, good prospect. But I think fans, they just, you know, they see us dusting over Mize and Manning, and they immediately say, oh, wow, they must be like Burland. And that's not how it works, right? (laughs)
0: No, and I, I tried to articulate that earlier this week when I said, well, we're talking about these guys. We need to we need to separate guys who might play in the major leagues someday right. in some capacity versus building blocks. Like, right. There
1: needs to be some context. Like that article we were talking about that Jeff Seidel did, I think, for the free-for, he said the Tigers have a ton of uh, outfield prospects. They have a log jam, and I think theoretically that's, you could say that's true, I guess, but really the impression is that, oh, they don't need Nick Castellanos or, oh, the system is good because so they have all these guys to replace him. But the writer, Jeff Seidel, didn't, didn't put it into context to say, well, no, these guys, yeah, they outfield in the minor leagues and they may be in the pros, but all of them not named Daz Cameron only project to be pitch runners or fifth outfielders, right? Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah.
0: Yeah, the you majors.
1: know, the Mikey Machuk level guys. So Mikey Machuk was a good prospect.
0: Played, that's in the major leagues. Leagues. Played, played in the major played leagues. Played in the
1: major leagues, right? <laughs> so, but he's not what people, I think, when they see an article like that and they see, and they I the Dad Cameron, Jose Adokar. Dokar, well, you don't put it into context that they have completely different uh, projections. Yeah. I think it's very misleading for casual and even hardcore fans who don't see minor league baseball, right? Right, right.
0: There's 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 two real prospects in the tie, the outfield prospects in the Tigers right. Bad now, Baz, right. and then there's Parker Meadows who's years who's away. away who's years away who's years because he's raw
1: you know and there's, year and there's, and
0: years away and then there's the next guy I want to talk about yep. who is Derek Hill
1: yep um
0: so Derek Hill is off to a hot start in Erie. I, oh, yeah, I complained all last year that they needed to get him the hell out of yeah. the Florida State oh,
1: you yes, yeah. yes, you did, and you did.
0: because it's just a horrible hitting environment, he's been stuck yeah. down there forever,
1: and um, they hit him nine it's a horrible everything, it's a horrible hitting yeah. environment, The yeah. stadiums are big, it's a pitcher's league, they had a terrible lineup, and they hit him ninth, so he yeah. many games are ranked in lifeline so they're they're missing a bunch of games, they don't play as many and there's a lot of double headers, which in the minors only go seven innings, or a lot of games are canceled after five. So right. he would only get two to three. He would get like at fast, three at bats a game, and they would have yeah. him bunting for either two or all three of the abs. So it's like, okay, how many swings is he even getting in a game? Right? He wasn't even getting that many? And they had no other prospects in the lineup, and they're incredibly, hitting
0: the incredibly, incredibly curious strategy batting him ninth. I mean, you're talking. You're talking about a former first-round draft pick. And right. First-round draft picks get many more opportunities than anybody else. Right. And uh, you usually stick those guys and get them as many at-bats and opportunities as possible throughout their career until you're ready to race. Right. And to tuck him at nine and to bunt him once a game was, was a little curious. And, and he's, still, he's still flashing bunt
1: in the time. a lot. All yeah. the time. Which is drives me crazy because one of his problems is, and I think his biggest problem right now, is he has a lot of swing and miss in this game, right? Yep. He's not a power hitter, although, you know, he's two and he has a couple home runs this year. He's not going to be Jose Iglesias. I think he, you know, if he were to fill out a little bit more and gain strength, I think he is a guy who could hit 10 home runs. I don't think that's completely out of the question. But he he's not a power hitter. He has too much swing and miss. He needs to make more contact. So when they have him showing bunt constantly, it puts him behind in the count because he shows bunt 01, or it's 10. He shows bunt 1-1. So now the one time, or he does it again. Now it's one two, oh two. 02. So by the time he's ready to hit, guess what? He's now behind in the count 01 or 2, and then he just strikes out. So. Yeah, They're just putting him behind the eight ball here, right? He needs to work on um, you know, he needs swings. He needs to work on his swing. And that's not saying he shouldn't bunt at all. This is not a, you know, I know yeah. analytics frowns on bunting correctly, you know, uh, rightfully so. This yeah. isn't to say he shouldn't learn how to bunt. He should learn how to bunt. He's super fast. It's a good weapon. But he doesn't yeah. need to do it two to three times a game. Right? <laughs> yeah.
0: So, so for people wondering whether you know, he's Figured things out, and, yeah. and this is and this is sustainable or not. Um, I, you know, I will just point out that his BABIP right now, so his batting average on balls in play is 400.
1: Right. Because he's striking is, out so much, so when he's not getting a hit, he's just fanning. Yeah.
0: So 400 is a, is an insanely high BABIP. Um, right. Three, 300 is your expectation. So he's 100 points over right. that. So he's going to come back to earth just on right. BAPIP alone. Um, He's walked three times.
1: Yeah, Um, but he will draw a walk. I think, again, you know, he is a bit of a free swinger, and mm -hmm. he does have the contact fouls and this bunting issue as well as putting behind and counts, but he will draw a walk. He is not Rugo. You know, his approach is not – I think his approach approach could be better and that he could have a better eye, um, but – He's not Lugo or Victor Reyes. I think he could have a, a decent walk rate, or at least a livable one, right? Okay. You know, seven or eight percent.
0: Well, the other thing I want to point out is he's still striking out at a twenty-eight percent clip, which is way a too consistent. Much. It's a consistent with his entire career. Yeah. Um, yeah, he a guy with his speed and his you know lack of power. So you say he could maybe he could be a ten home run guy. Okay, but right. he's not. He's not a power guy. He's got to put the ball in play more. Um, right. right. So, it's not
1: good to have uh, someone with his skill set striking out almost a third of the time. It's just and, not and, feasible. And,
0: that, and all this, just not, not to say that this start that he's having isn't promising. It is. It's, a, it's yeah. fantastic because he's, yes. we've said it over and over again, he's the guy that doesn't have to hit a ton to play in the right. major leagues because his right. defense is, he, he may be better defender than Jacoby Jones.
1: Uh, wow, yeah. Crazy. I mean, right. He, he, right.
0: He's, he's at least comparable to Jacoby Jones as a center fielder. He's very good. With good Although the thing,
1: Yeah, so the thing guy said that I had taken a bit of a step back to defense. This year, mm-hmm. I haven't seen him as much, just because when you watch minor league baseball, it's harder to see the defense because of the way the cameras are. You can't really see the routes. But it was my impression from just watching him over the course of his career that he is that caliber of a defender, that he's a very, very good center fielder. So, um, so I don't know. I, I would presume though that he's still, at the very least, a plus defender in center field. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. All right.
0: Enough about Derek Hill. Let's move on to Jake Rogers. And, oh. Um, you know, my boy. Yeah. Uh, listen, I I've given my opinion of Jake Rogers, my concerns about Jake Rogers, over and over yeah. and over in the past year. So I don't even want. I'm not. You've watched oh. Jake quite a bit this season.
1: Yeah,
0: Talk to me about Jake Rogers.
1: So I'm sure Keenan has been over this. The Tigers have just endlessly changed, fiddled with his – They can't really say fiddled. They've made major changes. They've endlessly revamped his swing in the year and a half he's been with the organization. So And he came from Houston. So if you ever hear the Tigers say, no, we're modeling this after Houston, they're not because they thought – you know, Lloyd McClendon is on record saying that Houston taught Jake Rogers the wrong way to hit and that he tries to hit home runs too much and that they want their catcher, their elite defensive catcher, to try to be, I guess, Wade Boggs in 1987, <laughs> and is why drive from foul hole to foul pole. So his swing has always been very timing-oriented. Now he's kind of holding the bat. Uh, Not completely parallel to his body, but like that, kind of reminiscent of Eric Davis, the former, briefly former Tiger, former longtime Red. Uh, And yeah, he's made, so at the beginning of the season, he looked awful. His timing was really screwed up. He was tardy on everything. Uh, Since then, I've seen him make better contact, and he's been drawing a lot of blocks, but I do not feel confident at all in the back. They have not faced many good pitchers yet. Erie has not in the minor leagues. they faced a lot of bad teams so far with bad pitching prospects. Really the only prospect faced is Albert Abreu for the Yankees. That's one of the people Derek Hill hit a home run off of. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. I think again, the bar is so low that I think he looks bad. That's, you know, I'm not an expert on swing mechanics or the delivery of pitchers. I'm really by how someone looks, you know how do i how, how are they doing, and to me, he doesn't look good, so I could be wrong, but I'm starting it feels uh, like this guy came over and he just had a little bit of work to do, and the tigers have now pushed him backwards. That's how it feels <laughs> to me right well so you know,
0: i i think I think the most important thing that you said right there um in in reference to context for people who are looking at Jake Rogers' stat line right now and say, hey, look at all the walks and look at the OPS, Jets' progress, he's hit a couple home runs, is that he hasn't faced particularly good pitching. And you only only know that if you're paying attention and watching the games. Um, And it's important to note what you talked about with the hand placement. That was obvious to me. He 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 used to have his elbow up, his hands pretty high. Now he's holding yep. his hands really low. He's opened yep. his stance a little bit. Like he's yep. always he's always monkeying with something.
1: And yep. and for
0: a guy who like you also said is very timing oriented, which <laughs> I think is going to make him susceptible to lengthy slumps. Yep. Um <laughs> I I don't know how you can keep tinkering with things like this and expect the right. results it, to improve.
1: Right, and it's not even like you like it's not, it's not even really tinkering because they're doing really major, major changes to him. Yeah, yeah. And I've been, I mean, I'm I'm an angry person on Twitter anyway. All I do really is like rant about the Tigers and Avila all day, so uh, and things I don't like about uh, that the Tigers are doing. So. I'm not necessarily the most calm person anyway, but I don't know what article they did about Jake Rogers where Lloyd McClendon bashed Houston, who, again, the Tigers keep claiming they're modeling New York actor. Uh, you know, Houston, they only developed the best hitting process in baseball. What do they know about hitting? Legendary Lloyd, who's never developed anything, the expert. But they bashed Rogers and said that he's too obsessed with launching, that he tries to hit the ball in the air too much, and I swear to God, that they literally said – Lloyd McClendon literally – I'm using that correctly – literally said that he needed to change Jake Rogers to make him more like the success stories, Dixon Machado and Jose Iglesias. So, I mean, the context of it was that he was saying they also tried to hit too many fly balls, but they didn't hit line drives, and that's why he had to change them, which is true. Jose Iglesias shouldn't hit fly balls, but um, – Jake Rogers has a lot of raw power, and all he really needs to do is draw walks and hit home runs. Right. He's a completely different kind of hitter. Yeah. So to say – and it's also absurd on his face because Jose Iglesias and Dixon Machado are two of the worst hitters who have been through here. Um, so to say, oh, they're, these are the success stories. Your success stories are two guys who are completely different and were terrible hitters? You want to turn him into Machado? He's in, it's just – I don't know how they printed this. It just defies explanation. I, I, incur, I strongly encourage anyone to look it up. Google Boyd McClendon launch angle and see what comes up. Uh, <laughs> Sports Illustrated, see what happens. Sports Illustrated an article a few years ago. They pulled a quote from McClendon that, that was from 2013, so it was not a recent quote, where he was talking about how the best way to hit it is to cover the ball, which means to hit it on the – try to swing down, right, ground balls, because the idea is you want to hit line drives. Um, But again, if you think about the physics of a baseball, where it's coming, really, that doesn't make sense. You're going to end up toning it into the ground. If you try to hit level, you kind of have to come from under it, because of the physics of it, right? The way the ball is coming. But, you know, uh, Lloyd McClendon, the Tigers say they're all in on analytics. Anytime he's in a live life, Lloyd McClendon says he hates punch angle, he doesn't believe it, and we know for a fact you think you should hit balls on the ground. So, yeah. So draw draw your own conclusions, folks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: No. Jose Iglesias used to drive me nuts. Like one out, nobody on. He's trying to crank. I'm like, come on, man. Unless unless we need a sacrifice fly, uh, but but do you, like not the same type of hitter as Jake Rogers at all. No, it is not. At not. All. <laughs> so, so all right. Um, so we've, we we you know. The, the, I'm Not trying to be overly negative here. We, we've talked, we've talked about Funkhouser, Maddox, Derrick Hill, Jake Rogers, and we're kind of like disbelievers in all of them, sort of. But if you do this, well, this
1: doesn't have good depth. I mean, we can, you know, if we wanted to be positive, we would just talk about, you know, what are you going to do? Fifty shows about Matt Manning every year? Yeah, I mean, no, that, that's uh, the reality of this.
0: Most, most, most minor league players don't pan out, and because. They're mostly flawed for one reason or another, and the, uh, all you can do is really observe that and and try to try to try to diagnose what those flaws are um, but life's right. real they exist
1: uh, I'm sorry. But, I think, but even Matt Manning or, or Casey mice could not work out. I think the issue yeah, you know, not trying to sound negative, the issue is that the system doesn't have a lot of deaths right well they're I, very to. Beyond that, of the top four, and Meadows, really, and Perez, if he can get healthy, there's not a lot of guys who, that's not to say everyone else is bad, that's not the case at all. There's yeah. just not a lot of guys who wear the ceiling is everyday player, possible all-star, right? Aside from that, even though, Robert, is that...
0: You, you get, yeah, you have to come at this with an appreciation for exactly how good you have to be to be a major league baseball yeah. player with a yeah. three WAR every single year. Like, yeah. I, it, I don't think enough people appreciate that. Right. Like, we right. we talk. Let's. I'd love to say like Jacob Robson and Danny Woodrow are going to be ten year major league regulars, but to right. play in the major leagues as a as a starting outfielder in somebody's lineup, you got to be. One of the best 75 outfielders in the world,
1: let's say. Right. And,
0: right. Uh,
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: You've got to be really, really good. And and you, not just at Erie and Toledo. You're going up there, like you said, to face Verlander and Chris Paddock. Like, good luck.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and no, and again, that's what we were speaking earlier about the context of it saying that someone might be, you know, is a good prospect doesn't mean they're an all-strong. So, again, I don't think the system has a lot of depth. That doesn't mean none of these guys are going to play in the big leagues. I think a lot of them will. Um, But just the level, the type of prospect who even becomes a three-war player, which is, you know, a step up from an everyday guy, is a really, really great prospect. Yeah. You know, uh, the top layer of guys is just – you know, it's like top of Everest, right? It's very thin air up there. There's not a lot of people there. So mm-hmm. it's very you know, we may sound negative. It's it's not though. It's just the way things are. There's a limited number of these guys, right? Yep. Yep. yep.
0: Um all right, so the last guy I want to talk about today is Eduardo Jimenez.
1: And uh Oh yeah. Yeah. This is a guy
0: I've not seen in person yet. He, you know, he was down in Lakeland all last year, but he's been in the system forever. He, yeah. was a, he was an international free agent signing in 2011 when he was 16 years old. And yep. uh, the, the Tigers threw him on the 40-man roster after the 2017 season. So this is his second year on the 40-man. And they're being yep. very aggressive with him. I mean, he, he's up in Toledo now. He's gone, uh, I think, five consecutive starts without allowing a run. Um, so mean, well, can yeah. it, he's, did I say starts? Outings, yes, five consecutive outings. Without allowing a run, I think it spans like seven and two thirds innings. He's, he's he's striking out some guys, still walking a little bit, but yeah. uh, I, I You know, I watched some video on him. Um, he's a, he's he's a, he's like a Joe him and his light. He, he, yeah. He's he's a smaller version of Joe, but I think his his delivery kind of resembles it a little bit. He really, get to see I his it's a, yeah.
1: I think his arm angle, like Joe, I always think of as really a low three quarters. Kind yeah. of arm slot. I think of Jimenez is coming maybe higher.
0: Cause to me it looks yeah. like
1: really he's throwing downhill. I mean, I think I the, I think the, the release
0: point. Yeah, I think the release point is a little different, but
1: I like the
0: the motion, like the the pitching motion itself
1: oh, looked right, looked a right.
0: little bit similar. Um, yeah, and I, and the video I was seeing, I, he tends to kind of fly open a little bit. Yes, uh, I don't know. You you've seen him quite a bit. What do you, what's your take
1: on Jimenez? Yeah, I like him, you know, I like him a lot. He is someone I think uh, would possibly pass the Buck Farmer test. I like the fastball a lot. He gets, I think, you know, when I say throwing downhill, I think that the ball kind of, that's how it kind of looks like to the hitter a little bit, or at least it looks mm-hmm. like it to me. And so um, he's getting, uh, so that means he's going to kind of get a fair amount of ground balls, right? Uh, it looks like he's getting good extension, which means that the fastball is gonna look a little bit faster to the hitter and he throws, I think, about the mid nineties anyway. Yeah. Uh, and he has uh a decent breaking ball is as well, which I think he could he could harness. So, uh I think he's kinda like Gerson Moreno. I mean the Tigers have had a ton of these guys over the years and almost none of them have worked out. Jimenez is like the first Joe Jimenez is like the first one who has. Um yeah. You know, Jose Valdez and Bruce Rondon and Robert Mercedes and Edgar De La Rosa and just all mm-hmm. these people no one's ever heard of, right? Who, who me and you know. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, but I, I, I like them a lot. I think when you're talking about the Toledo relievers, you'll hear a name like Zach Houston It's a guy who we hear a lot because he put up video game numbers his first two seasons. Zach Houston to me fails the Buck Founder test. I think Eduardo Jimenez is is a better prospect than Houston because I don't like Houston's fastball or his or his kind of, he throws kind of his swerve really. Um I think Jimenez has better stuff, to be honest. So Well,
0: it, it, it's interesting. Now year two on the forty man and he's at Toledo and he's doing well. We might see Eduardo Jimenez make a major league debut this year.
1: Yeah, I think we could see him. I think well no, I think we will see him. Because they're going to yeah. just be – I mean, the way, Darden hire keeps using forward leapers and in inning to try to squeeze out wins on a you know mm-hmm. a 90-loss season. We're going to see him because he's turning through everyone. He's going to blow out everyone's arm. But yeah. I think we might see Jason Foley, who's in high A right now. Uh, wow. I think he's going to make it quick, quick through because he's a little bit older and possibly even a little bit more polished. and has been flirting with triple digits. I don't know if he's kicked up yet, but he's been he flirting has, with He him. has. He's them. He has. Okay. Yeah, yeah.
0: And, and, and somebody else is about to join Affiliated
1: Ball real
0: soon, too, and that's Brian
1: Garcia. Brian Garcia, right.
0: Right. So. But I have not
1: seen him. He got hurt, uh, you know, I think in sprint training of last year. What do you think of him? Do you think he's someone who is going to really add a lot? I
0: mean, I don't know, until he gets a couple outings like Foley has.
1: Right. Um, we'll right. see,
0: but I, I, you know, I feel like he's kind of on that. I think Foley and Garcia. I kind of like loop them together as the two triple-digit guys who can, uh, who can, you know, get to the high levels of the minors really quickly. And
1: um, yeah, I, we'll see. I don't know. And that's what. And again, for Zach Houston, you'll see again prospects further down the line like him people will just aggregate reports so they'll be a little bit more sloppy, right? Yeah. Uh, they're not, the the writers are not as focused in as they would be on on uh, Forrest Whitley, say. But Joe so Houston, I've seen like mid-90s, high 90s. I've never seen him throw higher than 92, 93. I know Chris Brown says he's gone, I think 94, 95, but he's really a low 90s guy. Um, yeah, although yeah. he does great extension because of the crow hop, so.
0: Oh. Uh. Yeah, no, I mean, I thought he was a 97 type guy when I first Started following
1: this, but I, I I'm the same. I've seen him living more 93 ish. Yeah, exactly. Oh, and this just that I think someone we we also might see two others real quick are Anthony yep. Castro, who was a starter and was, has just been put into the bullpen yep. this year. He's been a little bit wild, but he is uh, doing uh, pitching well. And uh, Gregory Soto, who is starting, but who is they know he's going to the bullpen eventually because his command is so bad. But he's a lefty who throws about 95, 96. And his fastball is just the dominating He's got a ton of movement, a ton of run. Uh, it's very hard to hit. He throws kind of a slurb as well. Um, but Castro, you know, I'm kind of someone who is a little bit down on Alex Fajardo. I think that he's someone who uh, fans or scouts because he was the first pick for the Tigers, a first-round mm-hmm. pick, and because um, he's put up some stats. Uh, if you just ignore how many home runs allowed, his numbers look really good. And I think a lot of prospect writers, or not a lot of them, have been very uh, misleading by bumping him with Mize and Manning. All three are in Erie right now. So the other day, or not the no- combined no-hitter, the start before that, he threw and he gave up a bunch of home runs. And it's a It looks the same as last year. But uh, Castro came in afterwards, and Castro's had a lot of problems with this command this year, but I mean, I, I challenge anybody to watch that start from about a week and a half ago and tell me they think Baedo looks better than Castro, on a on a pure stuff level, wow. I, I think Castro just looks way better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't want to
0: discount the no-hitter, just because it's a it's a no-hitter, and a no-hitter yeah, is at any challenge. level. I, it is important to note that Bowie, Bowie is one of the worst <sighs> right, offensive
1: teams in all of minor league baseball, so, but a no-hitter's no-hitter, nonetheless. Uh,
0: right. and, and no-hitters
1: happen all the time in the minor leagues. I don't think fans realize that. Like, every day there's a possible no-hitter. You'll see if you watch minor league TV, where yeah. the games are capped, they'll show they'll yeah. the games, and they put a little icon when there's a no-hitter after about five or six innings. Full-boning, yeah. day there's one, at least every other day probably, so it's not a super yeah. rare thing, but it's an accomplishment. And I don't, and again, I feel like I'm I'm seeming hard on today though, because I constantly am kind of policing people's expectations and saying he's not like my and Manning, he's not like Mize and Manning. That's not a knock on him. I just don't want people to expect that. And then right. he's not the guy. It's an unfair expectation. It's like comparing Mize to Berlander or something, right? It's yeah. an unfair expectation. Yeah. No, and in, in, in Castro, uh, you know,
0: James Chipman is, is a huge Castro advocate. The whole Tagstown crew really has been.
1: Yeah, they like he uh, a lot.
0: Castro, yeah, he, he's, been, he's been sort of under the radar for a long time. I, I love the move to the bullpen for him. Um, yep. And uh, he can dial it up to like 97-ish, 98 yep. maybe. Um, and he's got like a, he's got a full assortment of pitches to work with. So yep. uh, I, I like this experiment. I think this, this experiment is going to go better than the Sandy Baez-to-relief experiment. Um, As for Greg Soto, man, I don't know.
1: I know, the command is just so bad. It's been bad, right? Yeah,
0: so so hopefully a simplification of his assortment and a change of his role. When that inevitably happens, which I think will have to be, like, by July of this year, they finally need to make that move to the bullpen for him. Um, right, Man, yeah, we could use an arm like that,
1: right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you just the whole thing that always they can they'll iron out the command. They'll iron out the command. I don't know if it's something the way the tiger scout or the way they're doing the instructing or if it's just a coincidence that almost every single guy has the same weaver, has the same profile, and yeah. almost none of them succeed. Perhaps that's just a coincidence, but just the command just never comes at a certain point with the Tigers, you yeah. follow it for, you know, this administration, which a lot of the people are left over from the DD, the Dombrowski era, right? It's a lot of the same brain trust. Yeah. Um, and you just wonder, like, man, how many times am I going to – like, how many times can you say, but if only when that never happens, right?
0: <laughs> so, well, and the and the biggest fear is that – what's the biggest fear? The biggest fear is that a guy like Greg Soto doesn't figure it out. Or a guy like Anthony Castro ends up in another organization.
1: Yep. And, and and they, and Neville they,
0: and they solve him. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So and becomes um,
1: Corey Neville or Andrew Miller or well, I yeah. guess they traded Miller to get Mickey, so they can't really. Yeah.
0: Or that Andrew was a Haney pretty of, good move. I think.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> or obviously, oh, uh, or
1: yeah. <laughs> right, Kyle Dowdy, who they they trade. You yeah. ask for him in yeah. a throwing
0: no, Cleveland
1: Right, so well, we're, we're getting team team the now back now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and then within a yeah. week, within a week. I mean that's how obvious the tweak was. And he immediately starts playing harder and you just think, Oh my goodness, Cleveland, it was so obvious to Cleveland and this guy they had no plans for. I mean yeah. he's just a middle reliever. You don't want to oversell it. It's not like you know, they let Babe Ruth go or something, but it's just all these little warning signs, and you yep. just see it, and they're just concerning. They just start to add up after a while, all these little things. Yeah, like
0: yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Armin, hey. So I figured this would be a ten fifteen minute podcast. For, uh, right. How guys, long, guys?
1: Three hours.
0: Uh, we're at like fifty <laughs> minutes now. So.
1: Um, God. Yeah,
0: but no, great content. That's what it's all about. Um but we're about yeah. to the point where I gotta go eat dinner with my family and Bill Burrows is yep. about to take the mound against Gwinnett. So uh hey man, really appreciate your time.
1: And no. uh let's let's play this pleasure. again. Frequently. Oh I'd love to. Anytime. I, I, I time. Right. I love this. It's great. Thank you so much. Alright, Robert, good night. Yep, have a good night.
0: Thanks. <laughs> Your eyes on us. One of these
1: days, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm from the home with a buffalo roam.